dulcet tones of Clint Eastwood. I think Fingernails would have done a lot better if it had a theme song from Clint Eastwood. Uh, uh, I think he needs to get in the soundtrack game. I think he just needs to start making songs for movies. For people he not... He needs to do the John Carpenter. He, he is a really good jazz piano player. Is he? Yeah, he's a pretty good jazz piano That's player. Cool. Yeah, but... Um, not a singer. Not a, not a vocalist, no. People Paint who, your wagons. <laughs> people who didn't listen to the Gran Turismo episode and this episode back-to-back are, are going to be so very confused right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's what happens when we do a double. We you know, there's, there's, there's extra continuity to the episodes when we do a double. <laughs> heightened, it is weird. Heightened yeah. continuity. The mythos builds out in new and interesting ways. <laughs> that's true. We so, are always expanding the lore. I'm still trying to figure out who Melissa Leo is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm, I trying still to fi- know. I'm still trying to figure out if I should be plugging this live show or not or if we're going <laughs> to still be doing it by this, the time these episodes air. This episode is going to drop on, let me do quick maths, um, December uh, 7th? Yeah, we'll probably haven't been shut down by that point. Uh, yeah, Alex Sanchez and I are our guest actor, comedian, all around good friend. Yeah. Uh, our guest on the Benham episode. Uh, he and I are hosting a movie interruption show uh, called Down in Front. If you're not familiar with the concept, think uh, Doug Benson movie interruption or Master Pancake Theater. We're we're going to talk during the movie. Uh, we're going to show public domain stuff mostly uh, to help save Rodeo a little money. MST3K. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And also, you know, public domain movies are like really interesting. They're just yeah. from a bygone era mostly. Um, Fun. They're, they're some are very good. Uh, so we're probably going to be tra- struggling to not pick movies that are too good for us to be talking during. Uh, but you know what? We might pick some okay movies. Our first one was The Most Dangerous Game. Mm. Uh, oh, couldn't yeah. tell you what uh, the other ones are because they haven't happened yet. Uh, but yeah, Thursdays at 7 p.m. at Rodeo Cinema on Film Row on Sheridan. Alex Sanchez and I will be doing that weekly until they uh, shut us down. It but... makes a lot more sense why you watch The Most Dangerous Game. Yeah. That I was just surprised you watched it. Yeah, but that's why. Oh, uh, yeah, that's why I did it. Did you watch the colorized version? No. Oh, okay. my gosh. Yeah, there's, there's a colorized version colorized out there. Versions. What is it, this blasphemy? No. It doesn't look great. It's fun. I like No Sanders Game. It's good. It's a good movie. Yeah. yeah, I had a great time with it. Uh, we're trying to watch them pre screen them so we're kind of like aware. Aware yeah. what happens yeah. in the movie. And, stuff. Yeah, and you yeah. do like the fun movie trivia stuff with it, too. Yeah, I'm going to do a little research while they're doing King, King Kong. Kong. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I'll, I'm going to bring some talking about Oselznik and how he's the Robert Evans of the 30s. Yeah. Sure. I'm going to try to bring some of that and. And the jokes that Alex mm-hmm. will be supplying, and yes. I'll, I'll try to help with that myself. His hilarity is a cup that runneth over. Uh, he looks. He, he, he got to make up for you. They call they called him the funniest person in the city at one point. They got him an award and everything. It's, they're not Cute. wrong. He's very funny. Yeah. So anyway, Thursdays at seven p.m. Radio Cinema on Film Row. All right. Well, hello everybody. Welcome again to the Good Trash Undercast. We usually don't talk about comedy shows. We usually talk about movies, which is what the comedy show talks about. So we're kind of doing the same thing, and we're doing our thing where we do a film studies analysis, of the movies you wouldn't ordinarily find in a film studies course. We are continuing with our 2023 Blind Spots Marathon. This week, the picker of the film was Mr. Dalton Stewart. The name of the film was Fingernails. It is about fingernails, um, which, okay, we'll talk about it when we get to they it. They are there. They, there are, the fingernails are a plot point. Um, nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, I'm still Dustin. I'm still Arthur. I am still Dalton. And in case you're tuning in for the very first time, this is an analysis show, not a review show. It's a brand new movie, and we are going to talk about how it ends, but we're going to deliver you from spoilerage for the first part of the show. We'll have a synopsis, quick thumbs up, thumbs down reviews, which will all be spoiler free. Then we move on to a little game called Expanding the Syllabus, which will probably involve the thematic spoiler more so than the plot spoiler. Then we get down to business and that's when all spoiler bets are off. There'll be music to let you know that the spoiler bets are indeed off. So with that, Mr. Arthur Gordon, delight us with your synopsis, please. In a not so distant future, love is determined by a very specific physical examination. (laughs) Anna's question of the love tests are furthered when she begins to feel a little funny around her new work associate, Amir. You know what I just realized? She got a little Twitter-pated. A little bit. This is a three-hander. We're a three-hander. But I, it just occurred to me, I think you forgot to introduce us on the last episode. I was just wondering, did I introduce myself I, I don't week? know that we did either. No, we didn't do introductions last week. We did not identify week. the voices. Well, no. they'll figure it out. No. no one will know, or no one no. will care. I have a feeling only regular listeners will check out Gran Turismo based on a true story. Um... <laughs> I am hoping some new listeners arrive because I can't imagine many shows are covering fingernails. It's kind of a... Are many people watching fingernails? I mean, it's, a brand, a, it's a brand new release on Apple. drop? Like I, this month or oh, last okay. month, like okay. November 3rd, I think. Gotcha. So very okay. recently. You uh, talking about was the first I'd heard of it. I only found out about it because of your parameters of like we had to mm. select an English language film that had below an 80% of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, and I found this and I was like, oh... I absolutely love every actor in this and I love a high concept, you know, 
sci-fi, low, low budget, high concept sci-fi movie. I love a romantic drama. I'm in. So that was why I picked it. I, you know, cast setting, uh, story, uh, all there for me. Um, so I just wanted to check it out. See, uh, cause I hadn't really heard about it either. And, uh, I'm endlessly fascinated by the infinite stream of movies starring real actors that get dumped onto streaming. Mm. And at least this one's not a action adventure rom-com because that's what most of them are. Did you indeed watch it? I did. What were your reactions to that? Uh, it's fine. It's good. <laughs> I, I wish I liked it more. Um, it's it's like a solid three out of five for me. You know, it's it's a it's a good time. It's it's a little long in the tooth. You know, it goes a full like one fifty five. I think uh, maybe even over two. It it's like one forty five. It's like one forty five. No way. Yeah, it's got to be one and a quarter, one and three quarters. Uh, yeah. I was counting credits. That's why. Um, yeah, it, it is exactly what it says on the tin you know they there's a weird medical procedure where you get a fingernail removed and they test you and your partner's fingernails and you're either compatible or you're not uh and it is sort of a I don't know, sort of an interesting concept i saw it compared to like a softer version of the lobster and i'd say that's yeah. like a very apt comparison also another greek filmmaker uh, working in, in the english language um I, I just love everybody in this so much uh jesse buckley is so talented uh, and such a chameleon. It's like just has a totally different energy in everything I see her in. Um, Riz Ahmed, always great. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm, always, I'm very excited to see more Jeremy Allen White. You know, I know he's been around for a while, but I first became aware of him because of the bear. Mm-hmm. And I think he's just got the saddest fucking face in the world. He's just got puppy dog eyes for days. Can't wait to see him in Iron, Iron Claw. Claw. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's just so good as this well-meaning but pretty boring uh, it never clarifies if they're just living together or if they're married, but it's not really relevant. They're in a long-term partnership. Um, he really likes caribou documentaries. He loves though. caribou documentaries and space documentaries. I love that that's his deal. It's so funny. Uh, and maybe that's what this movie's missing is like a firmer sketch of the characters. Like they're all pretty thin, yeah. but they're all so well acted and really well photographed. This movie knows that if you want to make a movie about pretty people being in close proximity together, you better shoot them well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this movie looks great, like mm-hmm. really great lighting on everybody's faces and just kind of a clean and interesting look overall. Like not it doesn't have the made for streaming problem of looking like a TV show. I don't right. want to oversell how cinematic it looks because it looks fine it looks mid-budget it's not cinematic but it's not made for streaming it doesn't look like shit yeah it it does actually have a visual palette like it has there's thought put into it's not just a film right oh was it that well look there's like film grain at one point yeah Yeah. but it looked like it was on film i thought so i went searching for the answers to that question and i couldn't find them because there's not a lot out there about this is there no there really isn't uh and it's interesting because and we'll talk about this more, I'm sure, but it's acquired it. by Apple before it starts making the festival circuit. Interesting. So it's like acquired while Better it's be in production. 24 to the punch, probably. Yeah, kind of. Uh, it definitely seems that way. Um, or so, neon. Yeah. yeah. Well, this yeah, this feels like more of an A24 joint than a neon, yeah. probably. Um, Buckley, yeah. Yeah, so. they love it. And a med. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of got a, a weird history there as far as how it gets released. I was very interested in that. Um, Arthur, it does have a 35 millimeter negative format. There you go. It certainly does. Yeah. And obviously they did a digital intermediary for editing and stuff. Um, but yeah, so that, that does explain the film grain that it has in that one point. So I, I don't know if they like deliberately must those like two or three frames in that scene in the car, but I, I backed it up like twice. I was like, did my bit rate just go fucky or does this movie have film grain? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of threw me off, but it, yeah, it looks good. Yep. Um, what do I not like? Uh, I don't know. Again, everybody's very thin. The world is not as flushed out as something like The Lobster. We don't really get to know like what the long term impact of this new test that most people fail uh, is, is doing to society. We kind of get some glimpses of that, but it's not really addressed enough to like make this feel like an actual science fiction film uh, it is more a love triangle movie about somebody who's in love with two people uh which is good if you're into that uh, kind of story like this is a very good one of those very competently executed um and you know earnestly felt for the most part i believe everybody's chemistry uh, i'm on i don't think anybody's a villain i don't think it portrays anybody oh. as like being a bad person um everybody like gets a, a fair shake uh it's just you know a complex adult drama with you know some sci- light sci-fi trappings so it's it's right up my alley it's kind of shit that i like but 
it's just not doing anything ultimately revolutionary or super hard hitting. It doesn't like get me right where I live. It does make me a couple times go, Ooh, well observed, but nothing like really gets me over the line. Um, so I'm, I'm mostly pro, I guess is what I would say. Uh, what about you art? Uh, yeah, I, I'm really in that same space with you. Probably. I was kind of teetering back and forth last night on what to rate this and I didn't give it anything, but I was thinking three and that's about where I'm at. Mm. Uh, it's some of the stuff you're speaking to. Um, I mean, you got three great actors and you gave none of them anything to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't have any meat for them to, and, and they do their best. I mean, they're all riveting to watch, but really there's nothing to, I like Ryan's cool. He goes to work. He loves his partner and yeah. he wants to watch some documentaries and not stay out late. Like, I, I agree, no Ryan. There, yeah. yeah, you know, like yeah. there's nothing there. Uh, everybody's kind of just so practically normal that it's hard to be like invested in any of them. That's a- fair. And then even you know, and Buckley's character Anna is, is really the Anna. Is that right? Yeah, is the one who's like maybe a stalker. Like there are some like things that she does. It's like I don't yeah. know if that's the thing you should do. Yeah, but even the movie doesn't really seem to play that up in any interesting way. Um. I, and, and speaking to the look of the movie, uh, it doesn't look like a streaming movie because it looks like a mid-aughts independent film, yeah. which yeah. is what it is that's in, in a lot fair. of ways. Yeah, And that's what I kept coming back to. I was really trying to think about it last night, and I, I happened to watch a – I was watching a board game review when it hit me um, because one of the reviewers was talking about the game that they were, were playing, uh, which is part of a series of games, um, and he called it derivative. And, and that's what I came back to is I was thinking of so many other movies watching this yes. that yeah. either I thought did it better or that I would rather be watching. And even several from this year that I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the love triangle is cool. But again, there's nothing to root for in these characters. No, there's some, And the movie has fun moments. Like mm-hmm. the first hour of this is really interesting. It's setting up this world and giving us a look into these tests and the, the trials and the like premarital or pre-love counseling thing that they're doing. Yeah. And like underwater staring competitions and jumping out of plane like that stuff is cool the mm-hmm. uh, blindfolded bo sniffing was my favorite yeah that is a wild one yeah, yeah. like all that's fun and, and you're kind of rooting for these couples and, and mm-hmm. then we get some i think natural ups and downs with that but the main character you know and, and, and then in the background is this luke wilson wes anderson movie about the love <laughs> institute which i just want to see I want so that much movie, yeah. you know um but then i think the other big thing here is that this premise is so, you know, I, I just don't know that you can do with much with love isn't scientific. Mm-hmm. Like that is just, there's not much there. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a struggle for the film to overcome as well. Uh, again, this is, I, I lost his name, uh, this Greek director here, uh, Christos Nikau, who's, you know, worked with Yorgos Lanthimos. He mm-hmm. worked on Dogtooth with him. And so you can definitely feel that. But I, you know, looking at the reviews, I see Lanthimos's name passed around. I see uh, uh, Charlie Kaufman's name passed around. Mm-hmm. I see so many other names. And, and that's the thing I was going back to is this is just feels like so many other things I would rather be watching or that have kind of done this better. Um, I wasn't mad at watching it. I was really enthralled. And, and it really does a great job of luring you into the kind of a sweetness of this world uh, until we get to that first test scene. Uh, where it was, I, I was very traumatized because mm-hmm. I fingernail stuff is a no go for me, mm-hmm. um, and, and it exploits that very well. Yeah, it doesn't um, really, but without doesn't, showing you, yeah, exactly. And it is that your mind is the worst enemy in this sort of situation. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are things about it I like, but and the more I think about it, the more I talk about it, the less I like it. And I think that's kind of where I'm at with it. And, and I was glad to watch it because, again, it's a cool cast. It's a neat idea, um, but it kind of feels like a half-baked uh, Black Mirror, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was fine is where I was at on it. And so glad to watch it. Um, kind of wish I there was more to you like out of it. You wish you'd rewatch The Lobster instead. Yeah. 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 I get that. No. Dustin? Yeah. 100% wish I was watching The Lobster. Yeah. Um, that That's really where it came down for me, is I wanted the movie to be weirder, mm-hmm. and I wanted it to be more, f- I mean, you know, more fleshed no, out. I, yeah, and on, and on brand for me anyway, yeah. but I did. I, this 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 is a subject that can be much more strange. A lot doesn't happen for an hour and 50 minutes. Yeah. True, true. And if it was a middle movie from um, Lathamos or a middle movie from Kaufman between sort of two big ones, I would think, oh, yeah, this is sort of like, a sketch it's a it's you know that yeah. kind of thing but when it's the directorial debut of this guy i'm just like well you didn't 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second film. You had, uh, yeah, well, you had three quarters I mean, of an idea. And it's Buckley's, his second film. Is it his second it's, film? Yeah, yeah his or, first or one's least. a Greek film, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's oh. what I thought. It's, Buckley's been in, you know, uh, I'm thinking of ending things, speaking mm-hmm. of Kaufman, a movie that does a better job of observing, like, observe, observing, there we go, the ways in which like, men kind of marginalize their female partners mm-hmm. sometimes. Like, uh, just a better exploration of an idea that we barely touch on in this. Yeah. Um, that is like well observed, but yeah, like where's the there? Right. Yeah. Um, there are bits that are funny. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, the jokes mm-hmm. are funny. Um, I, I like Riz Ahmed's sense of humor, his character's sense of humor mm-hmm. quite a bit. I also, um, there's a friend who goes in and has a test and she like orders like a whole bottle of wine and it's like, oh no, you got the wrong news. And like, I'm, I'm tossing you. And there's a lot of that sort of, I, I'm acting like it's the bad news and it's really just fine, uh, kind of humor and which is a humor that I resonate with quite a bit. And so the jokes are okay mm-hmm. and, uh, work for me quite a bit. As far as that goes. But yeah, it, it it really feels like the world needs to be a bit more absurd. And again, you talk about the Wes Anderson movie. That would have been fun uh, to have the Wes Anderson version or the full, full Yorgos version of this. And this movie sets in that place of that mid-2000s uh, kind of indie drama. And... It's not as interesting as Eternal Sunset, um, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or something like that, you know, which is the, the kind of a movie I was rather watching uh, mm-hmm. when I was watching this. I was thinking, oh, yeah, we've done this already before and better. And so it's it's really, really disposable, like the ends of your fingernails. Um, and so that's... <laughs> I saw of, one reviewer say, why not just grow out one long fingernail and then clip that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure the science requires like the, the, the quick and like the DNA like yeah. that goes with that. I'm assuming uh, one of my favorite letterbox reviews was the cuckolding of a sacred bear. That's so good. Mine was just Love Hurts, which I was pretty proud of. But yeah, the cuckolding of a sacred bear is very fucking that funny. Is, that is really, really funny. So, well, there you go. Those are our thoughts. Um, I'm more in the two to two and a half range, and you guys are more in the three, three and a half range, but that's kind of where we all kind of fall. Mixed to pro. Um, well, it's, it's fine. Um, so with that, let's move on to the next part of our show, which is called Expand the Syllabus, and Dalton's going to tell you what that's all about. I sure will. This is the part of the show where we deliver on the promise of the premise. We talk about the films that you would never discuss in a film studies course, but we're going to try to do it in sort of a film studies type way. Uh, what's that going to look like? It will look like thus. We will give you a pitch on like what this movie is about to us or what is a a thematic through line? What is a genre through line? What is sort of a way you can categorize this film? And what are some other texts that help broaden that that observation out? That, that's about what we do here. Yeah, that's the thing. Do you have a syllabus prepared, my friend? Yeah, I want to talk about the low concept, or rather high concept, low budget uh, execution. Uh, and again, a lot of these films that I came up with are unfortunately better than this one. It does kind of make you go, make you hunger for a, a stronger film. Um, the first two films are sort of in this film's tier, probably, uh, to a little bit more expensive. Uh, Her and the Lobster both considered low budget by conventional means uh but you know definitely sort of higher end than something like fingernails uh and the other films that i have on this list uh the other ones i I looked at were coherence from 2013 which is sort of a parallel earths uh, earth a earth b intersecting movie um she dies (laughs) not to be confused with after earth yes yes not to be confused with that she dies tomorrow um, from 2020, mm-hmm. uh, which, uh, really like that mm-hmm. movie. Uh, cannot more highly recommend mm-hmm. it, but it's sort of this like mind virus m- movie about mm-hmm. spontaneous death. Uh, vast of night, an Oklahoma film, mm-hmm. uh, sort of a, what if there was a feature length episode of the twilight zone that was about a first contact in the fifties, uh, cube classic. Mm-hmm. We love cube here, you know, sort of a, a great nineties, uh, high concept, uh, horror sci-fi, uh, and finally, one that I know Arthur and I both kind of like uh, that was uh, making the streaming rounds a few years ago, Circle. Uh, mm. So again, all these movies share in common. Have D- you seen Exam? Did you ever watch that? Yes, I did. I like that one, too. Exam's pretty OK. Um, good cast. Uh, a couple of people you kind of recognize in that one. Um, Primer's a movie I thought about. Too. I didn't want to talk about Shane Carruth. Nah, that's fair. That's yeah. That's what it came down to. Um, but yeah, all, all of these films have sort of an easy elevator pitch. Like here's a kind of a soft sci-fi premise for you. And then they try to execute that on limited means. And again, obviously her 
is a Spike Jones movie. It's a little bit more expensive and much more production designed. Same with The Lobster. You know, it's Yurgos, uh, much anticipated filmmakers move into English language filmmaking with big movie stars. Um, so those are a little bit more expensive. But Coherence, uh, Vast Night, those both have like nobody you've ever heard of in them, really. Uh, except for Coherence has got Nicholas Brendan from Buffy. Mm. Uh, and She Dies Tomorrow's full of like indie character actors you love. Uh, so again, like all of these are operating at a very small budget, but I think that is the strength of a movie like this is you've got a good snappy premise. You don't need a lot of money to execute if you're focusing on sort of the themes that come out from that premise or the emotional dynamics that come out from that premise. You get to make a very human story, uh, by dealing with, you know, something like technology or speculative science, uh, you know, again, all kinds of fun avenues you can take. I get what is a human life worth and something like circle or the exam. Uh, you get to ask big questions uh, and let actors really go off uh, and, and kind of have uh, an interesting exercise for both viewer and uh, the, the creative team making things. Yeah, I love these kinds of movies. Very cool. Very cool. What do you have, Arthur? You know, I said after Earth, but I meant another Earth. The Brit Marling. One. That's right. Not the Will Smith travesty of a film <laughs> um, uh, yeah for my syllabus this week I was thinking a lot about the quirky indie romance I, I already you know mentioned the kind of look of this film reminds me of that sort of mid-aughts capital I capital F indie film uh, style that became kind of prevalent at that point uh, but we're going to actually go back into the 80s and I think we're going to start with Steven Soderbergh and we're going to take a look at Sex, Lies and Videotape uh, which kind of gets weird with it but not super weird. It's pretty straightforward but it, it kind of plays with this romantic dynamic in an interesting way really uh, emphasizing a character who has this kind of at the time bizarre fetish. Um, and so I think starting there is a good spot also starting with Soderbergh and I think at the point of the, the resurgence or the real strong push into American independent film in the mm. late 80s. Uh, is a good place to go. Um, speaking, uh, you know, last week we talked a bit about uh, directors uh, who came out and, and either sank or swam. Uh, my next film is Lars and the Real Girl by Craig Gillespie, who has definitely swam uh, following that film. But Lars and the Real Girl, I think, takes a very interesting concept and just makes a really charming movie out of it with Ryan uh, Gosling uh, there uh, fall, uh, dating uh, a sex doll, uh, which is just an interesting premise and I think is sort of the epitome of this quirkiness uh, of this kind of movie. It really is sort of like one of the er aughts, mid aughts indie dramedies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what, it's what I always think of when I think of this type of movie It's Lars and the real girl. Totally fair. Uh, and I, I like it quite a bit. Um, and then lobster, obviously we've mentioned mm-hmm. it a few times and, and I think it was one of the first things that came to mind and, and watching this, I was like, man, this really feels like the lobster. And then finding out that uh, this director had worked with land the most makes sense. Uh, and then from that year, we're going to jump into 2023 specifically for a run of films. Uh, and we're gonna start with sanctuary, uh, which is a very fun little Love rom-com of a movie. Um, that's really playing with relationships, power dynamics, what that looks like in very interesting and at times very funny ways. Yeah. Uh, from there, we're going to talk about a movie that really explores uh, a marriage and love. And we're talking about You Hurt My Feelings uh, with Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Good movie. Um, which is, j- again, just a really great exploration of honesty and relationships, how that plays out, how that comes together, and all those kind of dynamics that are intermixed with friends and, and relatives and partners. Uh, and I think does it in some fun ways. Uh, and then from there, uh, the movie I kept thinking about, uh, the ultimate love triangle film, uh, it was Past Lives. Sure. I, I mean, it's all I thought about. Yeah. Uh, and when I'm thinking about the ways in which you play with the idea of the love triangle, uh, I, I don't know that I could do it any better than Past Lives. You're really, really cutting fingernails off at the knees by listing a bunch of really great 2023 <laughs> movies about relationships. Yeah, and, and that's the unfortunate thing about, I mean, maybe in another year, right? But I mean, we've just had a lot of really good movies playing with these themes and these ideas in really interesting ways that fingernails just kind of feels late to the game. Yeah. Um, and then from there, we're going to jump around a little more, go back in time for a couple of years. We're going to look at a movie called After Midnight, which is a small little indie horror film about a guy going through a breakup um, and a monster shows up at his door. Cool. So it's a fun little high concept, little horror movie. Uh, and then we're going to talk a look. We're going to take a look at Phantom Thread, uh, a movie I love so much, but ultimately this quirky romance about the ultimate ego. What a uh, weird movie. I love it. And the woman that will do anything to tame him uh, in some ways. <laughs> uh, and then finally we come back to Lanthimos and we end here with another 2023 release as we look at poor things and explore. I want to see it so bad. Yeah. I'm so mad you've seen this already. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's, it's so wild. It is just gonzo. And, all, uh, and you want a movie to get weird. 
mm-hmm. Dustin, it's going to get weird with you. Yeah. And, and it's not going to tell you. It's just going to throw things at you. And you're like, Wait, <laughs> what is that? Um, and it's glorious and yes, all of please. that. But it really is exploring the idea of, and something that I think um, Fingernails does is, as we're going to review, they're talking about the way in which it talks about institutions and how they train us and how they fail us. Mm-hmm. And uh, poor things is looking at that as well as we've got this creature who's come into the world as a blank slate and doesn't understand, quote unquote, polite society and the rules of relationships and the rules of interacting with people. And it it works really well, I think, and becomes something very endearing. Uh, And it's really helped by just an incredible cast. But Lanthimos gets to just be Lanthimos uh, in a very American film. And I think that's or English language film, I should say. I love that he's had so much success in yeah. English language filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, it's a good time um, with a little more maybe uh, positivity at the end than maybe The Lobster. Mm. And so I, I think that's worth noting. So that's where we would end, though. We would, again, a big focus on some of the other stuff from 2023, but also just the indie quirky romance film from the last three decades or so. Now, Dustin, you mentioned off mic that you would not teach this film at a film studies course correct which is a pretty a bold statement considering the thesis of our show yeah <laughs> uh pretty damning i would say and often a thing that does come up i, I we just, sometimes with dustin with dustin I've, I've hit it before myself it's but, so slight i just I, I wouldn't care but if i were forced to mm-hmm. um i could use it as an example of independent filmmaking and use it in a discussion in a film history kind of course or we're talking about distribution and platforms and uh, production mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so i would combine it with a couple books the first book would be uh, jay epstein's uh the hollywood economy uh, 2.0. Is J short for Jeff? Uh, J is his actual J-A-Y oh, is his okay. name. Uh, so, no, it is not. Uh, Jeff King is the author of Indiewood USA, though. Oh. So, from OSU? Is that a name I know? I don't think no? so. Okay. Uh, which is the other book that we would look at. So, independent sort of modes of production, mm-hmm. and it's got a uh, right now the cover is uh, something from Eternal Sunshine mm. I think on there but it's thinking about that moment with Sex Lies and Videotapes that begins uh, whatever uh, Sundance did and uh, that sort of indie mm-hmm. uh, moment as it began uh, looking forward into the future and this movie is a good example of the continuation of that tradition and it's also as an Apple uh, Plus uh, streaming direct release uh, another example of what's going on with streaming um, Epstein is interesting because he's writing from 10 11 years ago at this point and so so I would love for students to look at some of his predictions and see places in which he was correct and places in which he was incorrect and uh, think about that. But yeah, um, it would just be a good light reading as uh, something I would do in between um, the viewing of something pretty heavy, deep and real probably. Mm. And so this is a really inoffensive, easy swallowing, you know, kind of movie, forgettable movie in many, many ways, but it's fine. And so, yeah, I wouldn't pick it, but if I had to, that's where I'd stick it. Yeah. Fair enough. So uh, my, I can tell you where to stick it. <laughs> Your syllabus just got kind of longer, kind of longer, less less longer than it does in most weeks. And don't get me wrong, I love the performances, I love the yeah. look of it. You know, I think the direction itself is fine. I just think the story itself is just a little too thin. I think you're right. Uh, so let's get uh, down to business, shall we? That's right, and that business is, as always, analysis. Okay, this is where I might be able to come a little bit further forward with the movie. Okay. Because I was thinking about this and trying to decide whether or not I could make myself like it more. Uh, because one of the things that the movie's doing narratively, now that we're in spoiler territory, is that the whole world has sort of accepted this idea of this fingernail test for love. Some of the world. We Some do. Of the, yeah, we it's it's are, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's controversial, uh, and it's resulted in this sort of weird crisis. That um, we now love is gone or love that we thought was there is no longer, you know, this unreliable, like, the you know, up is down, down is up. Everything's upside Which down. Which is why the Institute has these tests that Arthur mentioned earlier. They've mm-hmm. sort of developed a try to bond a little bit more mm-hmm. and get closer together before you take the test sort of thing to, right. to help with uh, the crisis. Positive result. IVF for love. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Yeah, I've gone, yeah, pretty much. And I, I was thinking about this as a pandemic movie. 
and thinking about the way in which it is weird, absurd, and really kind of upsetting this one little thing, you know, that this happens. And so now people are pulling out fingernails and breaking up because of this test result and going to these classes and doing, you know, going jumping through a pretty extreme set of hoops in order to do this. And I thought, well, you know, that is sort of one of the things that, that society has demonstrated itself to be in the post-pandemic world, is that we were able to accommodate ourselves to work from home, we were able to accommodate ourselves to wearing masks in public, and there was, again, some debate and deniers and that kind of stuff, but generally, you know, humanity, we did okay. I mean, we could have done better, but we... That's very a very generous read of you to give. Well, we we we, we didn't all die, I guess. As you know, it could it could have been far far worse. I mean, uh, thinking about our review of twenty twenty three from last episode, it could have been so much worse. Okay, I'll I'll take that. Yeah, and so uh, I'm. It could have been it could have been very very. I mean, it was disastrous in many ways, and uh, the lives that are wrecked are real and significant. I'm not trying to minimize that, but I'm saying, you know, there was there was a general society did not collapse. As correct we know it. is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and which. It, if I mean, the, that would have been good too. Who knows? <laughs> there's opinions vary. Yeah, your your fire may warm you, or it may burn your house down. But it depends on how you look at it. But anyway, if the movie is doing something like that, this one sort of upset and the ways in which people are working their way around accommodating that and finding a way to a new normal, which is a phrase that we use from the pandemic. If that is the read of the movie, then it doesn't have to be weirder than it is because it's just sort of the one kind of small-scale kind of thing that they're doing here. Yeah, as it's a just metaphor. reality's been moved just like one step to the left. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it is much like The Lobster in that it is sort of, the whole thing is a metaphor, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Like, it is trying to say something about monogamy and two-person partnerships as compulsory in society in a lot of ways. And, mm-hmm. uh Neither film really deals with heteronormativity well. Sure. Uh, This film has like one queer couple that comes in for the fingernail test and it's not really dealt with at all. And Mm -hmm. they break the machine. They break the machine. That's true. I forgot about that. That is a good point. I mean, that is right there in the text. Yeah. So it's it's not really doing anything of value in in that regard. And neither the lobster's got some queer characters in it, doesn't it? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it's been a couple years now. I don't remember. Um, So I, I just bring that up to say like there are films that are strong and have interesting central metaphors, but are lacking in as far as they have a limited imagination of what romantic relationships look like, Sure, I guess. Uh, I mean, that is sort of the central crux of this movie is Anna played by Jesse Buckley uh, with the best crooked smile on the planet, probably Mm -hmm. uh, is in love with two dudes. And that's sort of the long and the short of what this movie's about. Right. Uh, And whether or not you can, algorithmically prove that your love is pure yeah uh, which again this very much feels like to to get to like the idea of the high concept is metaphor this certainly feels like it's talking about dating apps and algorithms a mm-hmm. little bit yeah um but, well I, I had read a review which was really likening this to the movie i mean there, i think there's always been this sort of fascination with uh compatibility tests or um personality tests mm-hmm. you know we talk about like your uh, astrological sign for crying oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, sure. you talk about brick meyer and you talk about i mean now the enneagram is a mm-hmm. thing right it's such a massive thing and people have these sorts of conversations you know in this movie is have you taken the test you know and and a lot of people have those conversations about the enneagram and kind of live their life by it mm-hmm. um but even the idea of you know the love machine right i mean thinking back in time of these arcade type machines you know you're red hot or, you know, whatever your blood's boiling or you're yeah, cold fish or, or, you know, like, right. yeah. this idea, or like even taking, uh, I, I, remember, I don't know if y'all did it, but I remember taking like, um, these sorts of tests in like middle school, like mm-hmm. you'd take these personality tests and then see sure. who you'd like pair up with in the class. Like you and this person had a really high percentage rate of being like, you could be friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and so we've had this kind of long fascination, I think with that. And the, the digital world has just turned it into a, a next level of like the idea of dating and, <laughs> Yeah. You know, the Tinder and Bumble and all these other apps that exist now. And all of it, to my mind, uh, shows a real human tendency towards like wanting to categorize people uh, that I don't think is a good impulse. Uh, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a really good Max uh, doc movie about sort of personality tests and how they are negatively impact uh, people who are neurodivergent or have some sort of mental health issues. Mm. 
we're, we're even people who overthink these kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, but it's, I, I'll see if I can find the title of the movie yeah. so I can recommend it. But it's, well, I mean, it very is, I mean, it's good. Back to your point, it very is much that thing of like, oh, I'm a cancer. You're a, I don't know, Sagittarius. I don't know I'm what you Libra. are. I'm a Libra. Libra. I guess we can't get along. You know, like, yeah. surely there are people who've based their lives on these sorts of ideas, right? And it is like, I don't know, not knowing's better. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and the film, I think, does a good job of juxtaposing, juxtaposing the one couple that they're really rooting for. Mm-hmm. And, and they seem like they are in love, but then they get a negative, right? Yeah. And I think it has a bit of that. But I, I think the film exposes a lot of threads that it just doesn't pull on yeah. in any interesting ways. I, the one thing I was really interested in, it's really fun. I don't know if you, you caught on to or latched onto it as well. Uh, but in the opening, right? Uh, she goes to interview at a Christian school mm-hmm. and she's talking about the poster where, you know, uh, they made the decision to eat from the apple and, mm-hmm. and uh, the bears, you know, talking about the way in which I don't like how they changed that story. And there's yeah. like something fun there, but yeah, again, I it doesn't more go that. anywhere. Yeah. Anymore, that's like, oh, cool. Like, and then it never came up again. About, I hadn't thought about it till just now again. Yeah. 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 Thinking about the church's uh, construction of marriage sure. and things like that. Sure. Like, there's stuff to do with that, sure. but it doesn't feel like it's it going anywhere really with go it. Anywhere, yeah. No, and it doesn't really go anywhere with the fact that Amir feels like he has to like use his neighbor as a fake girlfriend. Yeah, you sort of gloss over that and like why you know presumably it's because of his career. He's mm-hmm. you know he has to present as being in a relationship. Maybe I yeah, he's so. got to be a love teacher if he or he's yeah. got to be in love if he can be a love teacher or something. Yeah, right, but it doesn't really do anything. Uh, persona. Uh, is the name of that documentary mm-hmm. on uh, HBO Max? Um, it's yeah, it's interesting, and again, just kind of gets into like this stuff is not great, sure, uh, and it yeah. just like puts people in these positions where they're like, "Well, should I feel the way that I'm feeling?" Yep. Where you just like end up at war with yourself about how you feel about well, a given and, issue. And, and love itself is, I mean, the feeling thing about love is not all of what love is anyway. I mean, that's the thing that I think mm-hmm. the movie sort of fails to sort of reckon with the idea of commitment itself being a, a significant part of it, that mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't feel like it at all, but we're in this together and, you know, we knuckle up and we keep going. Right. It, it, you know, it hints at those sacrifices sometimes, you know, she's like, you know, she's having her conversation about ribeye and like she, mm-hmm. she gives him the fatty bits, but she actually likes the fatty bits, but yeah, he listens to is Nina Simone. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. like he listens or he didn't likely do. You yeah, know, like there are those like contritions and stuff. But yeah, yeah. I mean, again, you, you do that. I, I think again the 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 high concept premise that trying to science love it just doesn't feel like there's a lot you can. I mean, well, when there's this like much more interesting, very real relationship dynamic issue going on about sort of Anna feeling like they're stuck in a rut. And I forget what Jeremy Allen White's character's name is, and him Ryan. being like, "Well, yeah, we're we've been together for like three years. Like, of mm-hmm. course, we're falling into a routine, and that's like a, a very real and interesting struggle that I think sure. all couples deal with, and it's not really addressed in any meaningful or interesting way. Um, you know, he's kind of a fuddy duddy. He's not interested in like the love tests. Yeah, he, uh, she felt like she had to lie about it in the first place. He's yeah. very apprehensive about retesting their fingernails. Yeah, well, it I would be too, sure. bro. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's it not hurts exactly real a good bad. time. Yeah. The the final scene of her ripping out her fingernails did remind me of Colin Farrell debating about whether or not he's going to blind himself in the bathroom with a lobster. That was like oh, the yeah. most like <laughs> yeah, through the body horror one for one. kind of like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, really comes into the the love story. Yeah, uh, but this has a much more uh, definitive and hopeful yeah. ending. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. But I was rooting for as much. I mean, honestly, she could have ended up with either one of them at the end. She could have gone back yeah. to her relationship or end up with you know. Um, Ryan, Ryan, uh, and it would have been fine. Either Which way. is one of the strengths of the film, probably yeah. that nobody feels like a villain. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think maybe the biggest hindrance of the film is that there's no, yeah, <laughs> lacks except, much conflict. Again, Anna's odd stalkerish, non-consenting behavior to test yeah. Amir without asking mm-hmm. and to show up at Amir's house a few times and uh, yeah, uh, one of the uh, okay. Here's the cinema sense moment. Uh, <laughs> notoriously gluten-free uh, Amir eating chicken noodle soup yep. roughly 30 minutes later. Oh, yep. right on, yeah. But it's yep. very, very bad chicken noodle soup. I didn't eat much of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just, I saw that in a review and I thought it was a funny thing. That is funny. Is very I, funny I, I didn't think about it in the moment, but yeah. it is funny to think about. Mm-hmm. There's a good line in here that I like uh, about love stories feeling safe and being in love feels the opposite. Uh-huh. I think that's kind of cool. I think yeah. it's a fun observation. And the movie's got some little bon mots like that that'll throw out every once in a while. You're like, yeah. okay, hell sure. yeah. Well, well observed. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't have enough of it, probably. Well, this is a safe rom- <laughs> romance movie. It's mm-hmm. a very, very safe. safe date movie. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. 
There were definitely moments where uh, Beck and uh, I were watching it together. We kind of look at each other like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, it's if you've been in a relationship for a while, it's definitely got some, you know, it's going to look at you sconce a couple of times. But I think it's a benefit of a movie for like sure. this. You get to, especially if you're watching it with your partner, like it's a good, good conversation starter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So there's there's stuff to be found here that is, that is valuable. Yeah, but. I, I agree. I do find it kind of reprehensible that they're watching Notting Hill. But um, yeah, I the films on. of Hugh Grant. <laughs> that oh, that's a funny bit, though. Brings us to an interesting talking point. Okay. Well, yes, the the millennial actor and sort of how do you become a successful known entity in an mm. era without movie stars? Riz Ahmed, Academy Award nominated. Jesse Buckley, Academy Award nominated. Uh, Golden Globe winning, I think. Jeremy Allen White, or yeah, maybe in and maybe Emmy nominated too. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you have award-winning actors in this who are, I don't think a, one of them qualifies as a household name. Sure. Riz Ahmed's the star of a movie that's in the Criterion Collection. Jeremy Venom. Allen. Venom. <laughs> that's uh, the one. Yeah, no. Sound of Metal. Uh, Jeremy Allen White's Unfortunately, like, if Riz Ahmed were to die today, yeah. his obituary would say Venom. Venom. Venom not fingernails. Yeah, and way, definitely. And maybe down the list, Sound of Metal but, yeah. and Nightcrawler, but probably Venom first, yeah. And again, with hardly anything to do, all three of them are crushing it. You know, in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. absolutely yeah. eaten up. Yeah. I mean, again, Alan White's like, there's that scene where they're on the couch together and he's the saddest droopy dog you've ever met. And you just like, you're like, okay, I feel okay. You're like, no. you're, whatever. Just let just him watch his caribous. Yeah. Just, just, you can watch the caribous. Let's snuggle. Yeah. It, 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 to your point, though, I mean, we're in an era where I don't think commercial audiences care. Mm-hmm. Like, unless they've, you know, there are the MCU people they know. They've been trained not to care in some ways. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, we really, we have been living, I mean, for the last 20 years, really in the fading light of the movie. St- I mean, again, we've talked about it. I mean, Denzel, Tom Cruise. That's the list. On last week's episode, I referenced that Who's Killing Cinema video essay from Patrick Willems. And it's it's mm-hmm. a long one. It's like a 90 minute watch. Yeah, I've seen it. It's good. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, but it, it does get into this. And by the time this episode of ours is out, his next episode, the movie star's brand will probably be out by now. But anyway, in that Death of the Movie uh, Who's Killing Cinema video, he kind of gets into this idea of like, here's our list of most recognizable movie stars. All of them are over 40. Yeah. And most of them have been working since Clooney, the 90s. Julia mm-hmm. Roberts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it is an era. Like, Ryan Reynolds is, like, the one of the only ones, and he's yep. way down on the list. And I think there was somebody kind of surprising that's young-ish. And the people may like know him, Scarlett Johansson, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a good example. Uh, and again, it's it's people who've been in superhero stuff yeah. in yeah. a lot of ways. Uh, and, and I think that, I, I don't, I mean, obviously film people know these people, right? If, if sure, you follow sure. 24, if you follow Neon... If you're what if you've watched fingernails, you know these people, right? But by and large, I mean somebody may have stumbled on. If you if you have Apple TV, you probably know who <laughs> Riz Ahmed is. Um, but it's it's interesting because I mean, again, the the industry has just shifted that way, yeah. Um, especially as we move more towards content, unfortunately. Um, and I don't know. I, I'm always kind of like waiting for you know like. Just Glenn Powell showing up in Top Gun last year was such a revelation, and I'm really curious about this movie he has coming out with Sydney Sweeney. I mean, mm-hmm. those, if if there are two real celebrities under the age of forty, it might be those two. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm really gonna be curious to see how that movie performs. A as an R-rated adult comedy, mm-hmm. as a rom com, and with Glenn Powell and Sydney mm-hmm. Sweeney. You know, I mean, our biggest movie star right now is uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah, sure. Who's under thir- twenty or forty? Under forty, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very apt. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. And the industry changes, you know. Sure. I mean, the movie star at its height was in the 40s. Right. right. That's right. a fair point. So, yeah. And then the director's a thing, and then the property's a thing. And that's kind of mm-hmm. where we're at now is maybe the franchise is a thing. And even that's a question because Disney's leaking money. Mm-hmm. I think Aquaman 2, weirdly has a lot to tell us yeah that that, there's a lot to be gleaned from that we're a couple weeks out from that film's release as we're recording or as this episode's being released aquaman 2 whatever it's called uh is about to come out and if it doesn't do well (laughs) i almost said it it's our brains are poisoned yeah we just know the titles of movies sometimes well i almost said electric boogaloo oh (laughs) yeah that's that's almost what my head did the same thing i was like water boogaloo yeah (laughs) aqua harder um (laughs) It'll be That's like just a kind of hairspray. Two aqua, two man. 
It'll be like the fifth in a row to tank. I mean, I think yeah. Guardians 3 is the only superhero movie to do well this year. Yeah. 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 So it'll be really, but Aquaman 1 did really damn well. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be interesting. Well, just, yeah. yeah. It, it performed above expectations. I am, yeah, you know what? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. And I, I, there was a time when I told you I would go to sleep, but I don't know anymore if I'm going to go see it. I don't know if I'm going like to see James any movie Wan. at this point. I uh, do. What else I mean, is coming out Christmas? Ferrari. I'll probably see that. Some color purple. Forget all the Christmas releases. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the color purple. Color purple, musical. Ferrari, yeah. Aquaman. I think those were the big three. Yeah. yeah. This is another, you know, talking about things are changing. Wish. Is that coming out? I think so. Soon. That's, I think that's, that's C.S. Lewis and Freud movies coming out. But they yeah, the big it. holiday movie. Yeah. C.S. Lewis versus Freud. It is to me. I mean, once upon a time, though, they would dump eight fucking movies on Christmas Day and say, mm-hmm. everybody's going to go to the movies probably, so yep. yeah, have this, at it. This is how you agree. And that's, you know, something that I know I still do, but fewer and fewer people are doing the, like, we got to get out of this house. Like, yeah. let's all go to the movies. And that uh, was, you know, such a refreshing thing about Barbenheimer yeah. was seeing that again in theaters of mm-hmm. everybody showing up with their families, generational event, people are dressed in pink, and then... Uh, you know, Nolan films are dragging their partners to see Oppenheimer mm-hmm. in exchange of going to see Barbie, like mm-hmm. those sorts of contritions being made. Yeah, making the it was deal. A, it felt like another time mm-hmm. in yeah. a weird way. And yet it felt very of this moment because it yeah. was such an online phenomenon. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes. Like a weird merging of the, the gen, gens. Convergence, yes. Yeah. Uh, Inception? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> but you know, I, I think you're, I think it's very, very smart of you to point that out and kind of talk about that weird, weird moment that of course all the wrong lessons will be taken from and yes. nothing good will happen because it's Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, Did we talk, were you t- five nights at Freddy's you talked about last week, right? Yes. yes. But I mean, that's we didn't talk much that, about it. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't matter if it's going to be critically well received. If I mean, if it makes money, yeah. mm-hmm. we're going to get more of it, whether that's video game movies or horror movies or movies starring. But see, I, 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 and then I love that. I love like these trashy horror movies coming out and them making money. Horror I, I, movies for babies. Yeah, Yay. I, I want to. I want the. I don't know what the numbers are or are going to be for fingernails, but I do want it to do well because I like this kind of movie, even though this particular one didn't really are work you giving for me. Apple Plus money. I, I'm not. Then I'm assuming the take is zero. Yeah. yeah. You'll and you'll never know what the viewership numbers were because yeah. they simply will not publicize that. Yes. But they will or will not give the director or a similar kind of movie a green light though. No. I mean that's that's the thing that's so weird is like the movies that would have previously had a, a, a decent release and made a couple million dollars at the box office and then had a decent DVD life are now straight to streaming. Mm-hmm. And that is just a feature of where we're at. And who knows what's going to happen in the next five to 20 years. Yeah. A lot's up in the air. And that's why we talk about it so much on the show, especially when we're talking about something from the last seven to eight years or so. I know yeah. obviously these last two months we've been doing movies from the last five years. So it's, it's definitely been a big informing our conversations because you know, as much as we're an analysis show, it's hard not to think about and talk about the state of a specifically the American film when you're talking about American movies from the last 10 mm-hmm. years. That's just kind of part of the soup, unfortunately. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, do we have anything more thematic we want to talk about with the fingernails? Uh, cheating and love triangles in fiction sure is like the stuff stories are made of. Sure. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, no wonder we go to it so often. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't really have any larger observation. Maybe it is about something it, about people. Everyone's it, afraid of commitment. Well, it's well, unrequited, I mean, requited. It's, it's a crush. I mean, yeah. That, yeah. It's I mean, the past it, lives thing. It's like, what if yeah, is a big part of sure. that? Is this the right step I've made? Peggy Sue got married. Yeah. There's same. also like some, I, I mean, it's also a big part of like YA fiction as well, which mm-hmm. is also like, which of these guys do I like more and which one is the right one for mm-hmm. me? The werewolf or the vampire? I was wondering if they'd get into... The baker or the hunter? Yeah. I was wondering if they'd get more into the marriage industrial complex and sort of like... Because this movie's like about the commodification of soulmates and like there's mm-hmm. a hint... There's like a, a throwaway line about the test being expensive that we don't really get into. Oh, like the, yeah. The class implications of that at all. Um, but that's that's sort of a the commodification there. I was like expecting more and we don't, we don't really get that. But, you know, I guess that's what the lobster's for. Sure. All right, let's run to a verdict then. Shelf or trash, what do you say, Dalton? It's pretty trash. You know, that's unfortunately the case with most streaming movies is they all kind of feel like they don't exist. And even stuff like The Sound of Metal that ends up on the Criterion Collection, it feels like it has an asterisk next to it, Mm -hmm. as good as that film is. So I don't know. Maybe that'll change in some ways. We'll see. But for the time being, I can't imagine this, you know, warranting a physical release. So uh, there's no way you're going to put it on your shelf. And I can't imagine revisiting this film as much as I you know, liked it well enough. Fair enough, fair enough. What do you say, 
You know, I'll be glad to have seen it when it becomes a tax write-off, but ultimately it is skippable. So I, I'm <laughs> yeah. very gently putting it on the trash. I don't like it very much. Trash. There you go. Two for two. <laughs> two for two. 2023. <laughs> hey, you're the one that made us pick. Uh, hey, I, I, I'm not mad about it. No, I am. I enjoyed watching. I mean, and I, I spoke pretty harsh about fingernails, but I actually enjoyed watching it. it. It's not like, it's not painful. No. It's not offensive. It's not like getting your fingernail ripped out. No, it's not. And it's fingernails not. on the chalkboard. <laughs> or whatever. Other I all. was viscerally reacting to that sequence. Yeah. I'm sure. Like, I just couldn't. That's pretty intense. Arthur gets body horror heebie-jeebies a lot. It's fun to watch. It's just certain things, though. It, it, Eyes, fingernails, fingernails, needles, knives, like, and not even stabbing, but just slicing. Yeah, he can see like, bullet holes for days, but yeah, you get a needle out, and he's like, yeah, I want to cry. A it's zombie very... can rip somebody's throat out, and I'm cool with it, mm-hmm. but it, it is, I don't know. Yeah, eyes. Ugh, ugh. I tell you one that got me was in Thanksgiving. There's a kill where somebody gets baked alive. Be careful. Oof. I'm going to go see this movie. Don't. That's that. That's okay. all I'm telling you. Oh, that's in the trailer anyway. Is that in the trailer? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, I don't watch trailers. Don't you don't spoil it either. I'm not spoiling it. I'm just that, telling you it's in the trailer. That that, that really... doesn't mean it's not a spoiler. Okay, fair enough. Well, if you want to tell us what you think qualifies as a spoiler and what does not, uh, you can do that uh, via our email address, goodtrashgenrecast at gmail.com. Uh, once again, that is the name of the show you're listening to at gmail.com for your long-form feedback. Uh, we're also around the internet. Dustin's on Mastodon. Mm-hmm. Our, we're all on Threads. I'm on Blue Sky. I'm Dollywood Squares. He's Orson Sells or Dustin Sells in most places. Mm-hmm. Arthur's the Arthur Gordon or K.A. Excalibur in most places. Come find us if you're into it. If you really want to f- follow what we're doing, you should just find us on Letterboxd. Yes. That's that's where we're posting like what we're watching. And you can find out what's going to be covered on the show if, you know. you, you Context clues. Yeah, if you use context <laughs> clues. Oh, they all three watched this movie. <laughs> Boom, exactly. And that's how you'll know what to get caught up with. That, that is the warning right there. Uh, so the, there you go. If you want to follow us online, find us on Letterboxd. Uh, Last but certainly not least, if you want to support our show financially, go to patreon.com forward slash GTM. Uh, find out more about what's in it for you, movies sent to you, movies you pick for us to discuss, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, next week, yeah, we continue our 2023 blind spotting with... And we wait with bated breath because he's been trying to find a way to game the system yeah, he's, for weeks now. Yeah, he has been desperate to get to pick something that is not just in the English language, uh, which he's allowed to do as long as it's majority English language. Uh, so I'm I'm so curious, Dustin. What have you selected for your 2023 blind spot pick? So the way I decided to mess with you is do the most predictable thing ever. Last voyage did the Demeter. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, nice, perfect. I, I'm so glad you just went absolutely what we I should have so guessed excited. you would do. I am. I've been wanting to watch this one. Yeah, I'm excited too. Yeah, I, I think thought you were going to pick Pope's Exorcist for a second. That'd have been interesting. That would have been fun, but no. Have you have you seen Renfield? I have seen Renfield. Okay, yeah, that, and I liked it. Yeah, I'm excited. Yep, and I knew both of you hadn't seen it, so. Demeter. Yeah. So, there you go. That's what's next. You keep watching. We'll keep talking. We'll see you all next time. <laughs> <laughs>